the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. Today, I am talking to Katie Quinn, who is the communications manager for the city of Rock Hill. Katie, how are you doing today? Doing good, Russell. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We are going to be talking about My Ride Rock Hill, which is the city-operated, fare-free, all-electric, and zero-emission transit system in Rock Hill. And it won the city, the Municipal Association's 2020 Achievement Award in the public service category. So, Katie, to get started, could you tell us what led the city to decide to pursue this new transit system? Yes, I'd be happy to. So, of course, just like any governmental project, there's a, a lot of backstory and a lot of work that goes into the planning before you actually kick something off, especially a brand new public transportation system. So basically, back in 2015, there was a transit study that was conducted by RFATS, which is our local MPO, that's the Rock Hill Fort Mill Area Transportation Study. And they identified a high percentage of zero vehicle households that were on the southern and western sides of Rock Hill. And those areas also had limited health care and shopping locations, and it resulted in a big transportation need. And then the same year, we conducted a survey of residents, and it showed that there was um, 81% showed support for the for a citywide fixed route transit system. And so then as we started looking at how we could make public transportation available in Rock Hill, we worked with Winthrop University, and Winthrop University had conducted their own survey of students and found that about a third of the students that were living on campus didn't have access to a car. And so then at the same time, the former mayor, Doug Eccles, had his key influencers group meetings that had begun uh, years and years before out of an initiative with the Municipal Association. And in those key influencers meetings, people identified transportation as the greatest needed city service. So all those things mixed up together within a couple of years of each other led the city to really delve into what would be needed to create a public transportation system to serve the citizens and visitors of Rock Hill. So how did, in the implementation phase, how did the planning and the funding for for the system work? So that was, again, a little bit of pulling money from different places. We had access to FTA funding, and because it, we were considered an urban area, we could go back a few years previous to take money mm-hmm. that had previously been allocated to us that we weren't using. So the funding piece is partly FTA money a little bit of general fund money, but then we also knew that we needed to help augment that, and we reached out to some organizations here in Rock Hill to ask if anybody would be interested in 
helping to support getting public transportation off the ground. And we had Winthrop University, Piedmont Medical Center, and Family Trust Federal Credit Union came forward and said that, you know, basically we believe that this is something that's going to help our city move forward. And they contributed funding every year. They are, there's some contracts in place and they are financial partners with us. And it's also been a really good marketing tool because Winthrop and Piedmont and Family Trust also help us to get the word out about the system, especially when it was brand new. So that's kind of how the funding piece fell into place. And once we had that, that was when we started, you know, pulling together RFPs and RFQs and trying to determine, you know, what type of vehicles we wanted to use, started looking at where the routes might be, where the stops could be, what areas of town we could run routes and get our biggest bang for the buck, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we did that, that and that was actually a good community engagement tool as well. So we had identified some draft routes and taken that to some public meetings and got some great input from people and said, you know, well, we don't know that we really would need to go here as much as we would need to go over here. And have you considered running this route this way so that we can hit some of these other locations? And when we were looking at routes, we really were focusing on areas where there were grocery stores, churches, areas of employment, residential areas with apartments, and the zero-car household sections of town that were identified in that RFAT study, and then trying also to hit a lot of the city amenities like the parks and um, visitor centers and things. One of the things that really stands out with this system are are the buses themselves. Could you could you say some more about the buses? Yes. So our our fixed route system are electric buses that were made by Proterra in Greenville, South Carolina. So the city had looked at some options for hybrid vehicles and just the, you know, the traditional diesel vehicles that really felt pretty strongly that because we're an electric city and because of the environmental impacts that electric vehicles have, that that was the direction that we wanted to move in. And when we put the RFP out and Proterra came back and it was just really, they've been a great partner because they're local based here in South Carolina. Staff had made several trips down there as the buses were in production. So we have seven buses that run on four routes and the charging stations are located at the city operations center. So the buses get plugged in every night, and we start with four buses on the routes in the morning. And then as the battery levels kind of level out, then we swap in the other buses into the other route. So pretty much throughout the day, all seven buses are getting utilized at different points throughout the day on those four routes. But they're, it's like a big golf cart, to be honest with you. They're very quiet. There's not even a tailpipe on these buses. And, mm-hmm. you know, with Rock Hill, we try to do things a little bit bigger and better than maybe what is needed. So all the buses have Wi-Fi on them. There are USB charging ports at every seat. Uh, we've got infotainment screens on the buses that 
show the upcoming stops and the driver name and some community messaging and some partner messaging that we have. So, yeah, the the buses are pretty slick. And even, you know, as far as the branding and such, I mean, you know, it was about a year and a half long process because we, we were starting with nothing. So, you know, worked with a team here in Rock Hill and just to try to identify, you know, what was our brand and our mission and our vision and the colors and the logo and even the name of the system, what we were going to call it. Okay. Yeah, it's been an exciting process. It, it was a, a long time to get to the point where we actually kicked off service July 1st of 2019. So okay. about two, two and a half years of really digging in and figuring out what it was going to be. And it was, yeah, a little nerve-wracking there as we were getting toward the end. We actually, the the service, Route 1 started on June 10th of 2019, and that previous October, we didn't have the bus system named until, I think, November of the previous year. So there was an awful lot that had to happen between that October and November and starting service in June, of, June or July, just, you know, five or six months later. Mm-hmm. So in terms of measuring the outcomes of the system, how has how has My Ride Rock Hill met the city's goals so far? Well, you know, at the beginning, city council, they were very, very supportive of having the system. And you mentioned in the intro, but one of the best parts about our system is that it's free to ride. So they wanted this to be able to be an easy way for people to get around town and to access jobs and to access doctor's appointments and grocery stores that, you know, they might not have been able to do in the past. So the first week of full service, we had city staff ride all of the routes with passengers and try to explain how fixed route transit works. And I was a little surprised that, you know, there was quite a lot of people who didn't understand how a fixed route transit system works, that there's specific bus stops and you wait at the bus stop and the bus is going to come by at a specific time and pick you up and drop you off at a specific bus stop and that you need to find those stops relative to where you want to get on and where you're going. And so there was Mm -hmm. some education that had to happen on the bus. We, at the beginning, had, you know, really encouraged people to just get on and ride a full route to see where it went so that they could become familiar with the bus. And there were a lot of stories at the very beginning. We spoke with a lot of people who hadn't been on the other side of town in years because they didn't have access to a car. And anywhere they went, they were having to walk. And so, you know, there was a a shelter in town, and the pastor at the shelter said that, you know, within the first month of service, he had several clients who were able to get jobs because they now had access to reliable transportation. So, you know, I think that the those stories really, for those of us who had worked for several years to get it up and running, made the work worthwhile. And so the city council was pretty clear that there were measures of success that they wanted to see so that they could evaluate whether or not the service was worth the the money and the time that was going into it. And so some of those, the, the primary 
piece was that they wanted to see 4,100 passenger trips per week by the end of the first year. And a passenger trip per week is if you're getting on and going somewhere and then getting, you know, if I'm getting on at home and going to the grocery store, that's one passenger trip. And then if I get back on at the grocery store to go home, that's a second. So they wanted 4,100 passenger trips per week before the end of the first year. And we ended up hitting that mark at about the eighth week of service. So we it was successful beyond our wildest dreams at the beginning. And leading up to COVID, we had gotten up to right around 6,000 passenger trips per week. And then COVID mm-hmm. hit in March. And the bus service is still viable. And we're seeing about 3,000 passenger trips per week at this point which is still good because, you know, we've got essential workers needing to get to jobs and we've got um, people still needing to get to appointments and the ridership has been consistent, but we're we're not seeing a lot of the just choice riders, I think, that we had been seeing before COVID started. Are there future future steps for, for the system? I know, I know COVID might involved in that but even even looking beyond yeah we actually got a grant to get three additional proterra buses so those will start production i believe in the summer of next year july of 2021 and then we should probably have those before the end of 2021 so three additional buses coming online we have consistently from the beginning gotten feedback from people about other areas that that they'd like to see routes added, some suggestions for tweaking stop locations. And before the service even started, we started getting feedback from people on, well, you need to add a route here, you need to add a route there. So we're gathering all that feedback into a spreadsheet and reviewing that when it gets to be time to start looking at areas of expansion. But yeah, I think, you know, COVID really has put a little bit of a damper on just this system and the growth that we were seeing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's still definitely viable. There are people who are riding every day and there's not a day that goes by that I still don't get excited to see somebody waiting at a bus stop to get on one of the buses. <laughs> So I, I know there's a lot to be learned from all the things you've already talked about, but um, I would put this question to you. What would you say that other cities and towns could learn from what Rock Hill has done in this entire process? I think the biggest thing that we've learned through this is to dream big. If you would have said five years ago, oh, the city of Rock Hill is going to have a public transportation system. You know, I think a lot of people would have kind of scoffed at that because it, it was a large undertaking, but we were able to manage it because it was a great need for the city. And just the importance of partnerships. We've have the uh, Winthrop University and Piedmont and Family Trust as partners, but just creating that real grassroots effort of trying to, you know, elicit support for something that you feel is going to make an improvement for people and um, just trying to go for it and 
figure out what your options are to, to make something happen. I think a lot of times, you know, as city governments, we see that there's a need in the city, but we feel like our hands might be a little tied as a governmental agency to to mm-hmm. fix something like that. And I think that's where the, the partnerships really come into play. And sometimes you kind of have to say, okay, well, we've got some people who don't have cars. What can we do to to help fix that problem and figure out how you can, you know, make progress to improve the quality of life for as many people in your city as you can. Absolutely. Well, I would add, for those who are listening who'd be interested in learning more, there is the website of the transit system itself, um, myriderockhill.com. And also, we have the Municipal Association. We have a quick video for this and the other Achievement Award project winners on our website, which is www.masc.sc, and you can find those by searching for Achievement Awards. And with that said, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us today and and talk about My Ride Rock Hill. You're welcome. I appreciate the invitation, and we were thrilled to win this Achievement Award for this um, (laughs) bus system. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Russell. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.